It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, we are in the middle of our retroactive look at 2022 as we uh, as we start off 2023 and on uh, on this day what we plan on taking a look at and and what I want to talk about is Lisk and Lisk is a Long Island serial killer for those who don't know the acronym and <clears throat> the Long Island serial killer refers to Gilgo uh, and the killings, the unsolved uh, serial killing that occurred on um, on Long Island, you know, on the beach. These these uh, victims were found um, in in various places, but uh, a, a base of operation for this person or uh, people, as I think, uh, we'll find out. Uh, that it's it's more than one person is um, is Gilgo Beach, you know, Oak Beach, that area, and I'm gonna you know talk to everyone as if they haven't heard anything about it, and I know a lot of you at least maybe not listening now, but you'll catch up to it. We had a very popular two popular series on uh, on another station that, and I you know when I say popular, I don't know what ratings look like uh, but the um uh, the impact was uh, was unbelievable everywhere i went people uh, you know i didn't know uh, would walk up to me and say uh, do you think they're going to get these guys do you think this is happening you know talking about burke and balone and burke being the uh, the former police chief uh, jimmy burke who i knew very well i know all of these guys very well the politicians that uh, that had covered up the um, uh, the the investigation, and by the way, it's not even speculation now that they uh, covered it up because new people came in, a new batch of folks came in, and they're actually doing the work. And I stopped doing the I stopped doing the series, the second series, because the election had occurred, and it and the DA was uh, it became Ray Tierney. And who's done an excellent job so far, and he's somebody that I trust and people trust, and and I want to also point out that this isn't my high school friend. I I never I never met him in my life until uh, June of uh, what would that have been? That would have been 2021, and that's right, you know, soon after he announced that he'd be running for district attorney, and he ran against an incumbent. Uh, with a lot of money, $1.2 million as of July 15th, uh, 2021, and Tierney had nothing. I mean, he had virtually nothing there, so it looked like it was going to be a joke and that Tim Sinney would would um, make mincemeat out of him as an opponent. And I started the series. I started the, the second series uh, to... Uh, you know, focus the issue because it was being ignored. It was being completely ignored. And uh, a lot of people in the beginning, when I started the second series, keep in mind, I keep seeing second because in 2015, 2016, 
in parts of 2017, I did uh, the first series on on the Long Island serial killing, and um, people were saying to me in 2021 when I started up again, I, like, why, why are you doing this? Didn't they catch the guy? And I said, where? Where did they catch the guy? What guy did they catch? And uh, you know, of course, they didn't catch anybody. They weren't they weren't looking for anybody, and they uh, they ignored this. And you know, when I say ignored this, I mean the the authorities, and it's proven at this point that the authorities uh, ignored it um, because they were sex workers. The the people, the victims of this horrific act or these acts were were sex workers and I always said if they were uh, Marsha, Jan and Cindy or cheerleaders you know the people of Long Island would have would have had torches and pitchforks and you'd have peasants with pitchforks uh, storming the place and they would demand action the reason why it was ignored is that unfortunately uh, they were looked at as being forgettable people who are, you know many of them had substance abuse issues and uh, you know families that were disconnected by the way some great families too don't you know and I have gotten to meet them while doing this but you can imagine you know somebody who turns to to being a sex worker um, has their share of issues, but again, look, you know, they're they're people, and it's a it's a serial killing, right? So, I mean, for for us to look the other way, because folks that were murdered had flaws, or I don't know, you know, what do you want to call it? I mean, it's uh, you know, substance abuse. We could sit here forever and talk about substance abuse, and the the victims of it and and by the way as you're listening to this as you all are listening to these words try to think of anybody that that you know that has no one in their lives whether they're family members or friends that suffer from some kind of substance abuse mental illness is another issue that you'll find when you when you're dealing with or when you're when you're talking about investigating sex workers and again this is these are tragic situations so it's easier for the authorities to kind of just sweep everything under the rug one of the things that got brought up and and it's accepted as fact now that that started out on on my show was the the idea that Jimmy Burke, the former police chief, who, by the way, I knew I had a friendship with Jimmy Burke and Spoda, his former boss, the the DA, and I know a lot of people listen here say, "Oh, you you know you've you've got a long history with these guys." Yeah, well, no kidding, and. You know, it's it, it split my relationship split with those people because I was asking too many uncomfortable questions about this, about what's going on and why isn't this happening and so forth. 
so having said that, what came out as a fact because of this show, a lot of facts, I mean, I can give you a whole list of things that, uh, that occurred because of, of the work we did here. And, you know, and again, this isn't, you know, self-praise. This is uh, the fact that I simply talked about it and that I had some inside knowledge to it and that I was screaming about it. I was screaming from the rafters at this point. Uh, not in the first series, really. I mean, it, there I was asking the questions. and uh, But the second series, you know, I, I said, guys, what's going on? What are you doing? You know, this is a cover-up. You've covered up. And by the way, I've been talking about there being a cover-up on Gilgo and on the Oak Beach, Gilgo Beach murders, Long Island serial killing murders. Uh, since 2013 and you know I've been I you know by the way at that point I had a show on NBC nonstop television show and uh, I never talked about it never talked about anything other than celebrity talk and uh, you know we did a, a a year on NBC nonstop and never touched on anything but celebrity and by the way uh you know 10 different markets um you know, here from here to Los Angeles, what, whatever they had, whatever um, NBC nonstop had. We had a 10 o'clock at night show. It was after a show called Talk Stoop. The reason it ended, and it was profitable, it was, it was good for us. I mean, it was, it was a very good um, uh, situation, and I think they enjoyed it too. Uh, the reason it stopped is, is Cozy TV took over or, or NBC nonstop became Cozy TV and then of course they went in a whole different direction but I'm going to get to this we're going to take a quick break uh, in in about a minute and we'll get back to what happened back in 2013 that I started really talking about in, in 2021 uh, but because I started talking privately about cover-up uh, a lot of my friends in government and politics, people that I was supportive of, uh, got very angry with me for for talking about this. And emissaries from different people said, you know, what the hell are you doing? Why are you talking about it? But keep this in mind before we go to break. The one thing nobody ever said to me, ever, still to this day, is what are you talking about? There's no cover-up. Not a single person said that. I mean, all the principles, right? I mean, think about this. All of the principles that are involved in this case that I talked about there being a cover-up, uh, they all sent emissaries to me or said to myself, get away from this thing. Uh, nobody ever said there's no cover-up, ever, ever said there's no cover-up. Frank McKay here talking LISC in, retro, uh, in retrospect. Uh, Frank McKay here, and we will be back with more Breaking It Down right after this. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to segment two of our LISC retrospective and looking back on 2022, uh, here as we come into 2023. By the way, I haven't, since I've been with ABC, I haven't talked about this at all. You know, mostly celebrity talk. 
and uh, you know all just about all celebrity talk and and some some issue oriented uh, you know uh, shows but uh, one of the things and one of the reasons why I stopped talking Lisk is because the guys that needed to be in place Ray Tierney being the DA and 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 Sheriff um, Errol Toulon uh, being there and uh, Rodney uh, Harrison, uh, uh, Commissioner, Police Commissioner Rodney Harrison, who I haven't met. You, know, you believe that? I haven't met him, I and mean, we both know who each other are. And, and you know, and and I'm sure we will one day. And he's talking to one of the first syllables out of his mouth. His first syllables out of his mouth when he took over were Lisk, were the Long Island serial killer. And that's because of the second, uh, the not only the second series, uh, it's because uh, the the new DA coming in and that he was going to make it a priority. Ray Tierney, who used to be uh, part of the U.S. Attorney's Office and has a long storied history there. And so people knew that he was going to do that. So Steve Ballone, the county executive, um, knew that people weren't going to tolerate him putting in another police commissioner that was going to ignore the Gilgo Beach killings. So anyway, Harrison came in from the city, and he's a cop's cop, from what I hear. He sounds, you know, wonderful. He sounds like he's he means business, and you know, take it on its uh, on its surface. And so far, you know, all of these folks have worked together, and they've worked with the U.S. Attorney, they worked with the FBI, and they have these weekly meetings. and uh, And again, I'm not claiming to have any inside information to it, but uh, I decided to. Uh, to shut up when all of this happened, I didn't want certainly didn't want to put pressure on them. I didn't want to start second guessing what uh, a a batch of of good guys are doing, and I have faith in them still. Um, we haven't, you know, we haven't had that big break, uh, but you know, it's it. I I believe it's coming, and when that and by the way, one thing I should mention to to newcomers to our. Uh, to our uh, Lisk conversation is that um, that we've never said we believe the killer is this guy or this gal or this group of people. We never said anything like that. We don't know, right? I mean, I've got my theories, but I don't share my theories on who it is because we're not at that point yet. It's a very big thing to say this guy's probably a killer or that guy's a, a, a killer. Um, what we have said is we, we do know who covered it up and we spoke about that and, and nobody's disputing that and we know we know exactly what happened by the way Erin Moriarty who is from uh, CBS and she's a multiple Emmy award winner um, the first time I, I had a conversation with her and and she's done you know significant work on, on Lisk and you know she's not as close to the action as as I am, but one of her producers had called me. I think his name is Howie Fleiss, and if I have that name wrong, and Howie listening, uh, my apologies. But uh, he had called me and just kind of, uh, you know, I gave him, I shared information. By the way, I've shared information with all journalists and all podcasters across the country who uh, who want it, you know, who anybody who's wanted and I haven't shopped it. I mean, people have called me knowing that I'm close to the the action here and I've shared my thoughts. I mean, off the record many times, but 
you know, I've gone on different shows. And um, anyway, it's just, uh, you know, I wasn't hoarding information. Or I wasn't keeping information. And I shared with, uh, I think, Mr. Fleiss, uh, who's one of the producers over there, very professional, good guy. And Aaron Moriarty had called me up. And, you know, this isn't anything, you know, that we haven't talked about before. But she, she said, you know, I wanted to thank you for for uh, your information. She said one of the things um, that that you gave uh, gave us, gave my producer, uh, you know, turned out to be, uh, you know, gold. And I said, what was that? And she said, well, she said, uh, you, you had told him that Jimmy Burke, and, you know, he was appointed, he was the appointed police chief from Steve Ballone, the county executive, that he asked the FBI to leave the investigation right when he got in. And when he got in, I guess it was, uh, what was that, 2011? When, what was the election? 2010, 2011. So it would have been 2012, I guess, when Ballone took office. He appointed Jimmy Burke. Jimmy Burke immediately went to the FBI and said, we've got this. Please leave the investigation which is bizarre, right? I mean, why would the police chief want the FBI to leave an investigation? Uh, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable that something like that would happen. And what Erin Moriarty un, uh, you know, unfolded or you know, discovered or confirmed is she got Jerry Hart. Jerry Hart, for those who don't know, uh, was a former police commissioner of, of Suffolk County after Burke. Uh, Burke was the police chief. Let's make that clear. Police chief. But he really was running the show. Jimmy Burke, James Burke, whatever. By the way, he, he ended up doing four and a half years in, in prison, federal prison, uh, for, for a whole other issue. And he copped a plea, you know, so he wouldn't have to be questioned about any of the serial killing. And the U.S. attorney grabbed him and, and, and you know, locked him up. But it didn't do it. certainly didn't do anything for Lisk. But what Erin Moriarty did is she interviewed um, Jerry Hart, and Jerry Hart uh, confirmed confirmed that she was asked to leave while she was the head of the FBI for Long Island. She was the lead agent for the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation for Long Island. She confirmed that Jimmy Burke asked her to leave. And I think Erin was uh, was taken off guard. She had her on camera that, that she admitted that freely. And then I, I think, and again, you know, I, I, I'm going off of memory here. I think Erin asked a couple other questions. And then she went back to Jerry Hart and just to confirm that that's what she said. Because that's pretty shocking, right? Think about it. Police chief, at the onset, it was a year into an unsolved serial killing, the police chief of Suffolk County, James Burke, appointed by Steve Ballone, the county executive, the police chief asked the FBI, just grasp this, asked the FBI to leave the investigation. And Aaron, you know, asked, I guess on on video on, on 48 Hours, asked Jerry Hart if 
she was asked to leave by and she said it again so she said it three times so it's confirmed it's a fact right this is this is the head of the FBI you know it's not you know it's not some you know it's not some crackpot you know uh, internet sleuth whatever this is you know someone who had a storied career with the FBI I mean it's the same way Ray Tierney had uh, you know an incredible career with the US Attorney's Office Jerry Hart was the lead agent for the FBI for Long Island, right, for the Long Island Division. And Jimmy Burke, Jimmy Burke, who had a long-storied checkered past in history uh, as a police officer, shockingly got made police chief. By the way, I celebrated it at first. I mean, I knew Jimmy, and I knew Ballone, and, you know, I was happy for him. I mean, I didn't... I don't know, they were covering up a freaking serial killer. You know, I had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, but Jerry Hart uh, confirmed, and I think, you know, it seemed like something she, you know, she just was being honest about. And, and um, you know, she's now, she's currently the, the head of security for Hofstra University. I think she's still there. But a um, big, big change from uh, a police chief or police commissioner of of Suffolk County and, of course, the lead agent in um, the lead agent for uh, for the FBI for Long Island. Um, you know, much different, much less pressure, obviously, over there. But she um, she confirmed that. And Erin Moriarty um, showed you why she she has, uh, you know, a couple of Emmy Awards for her investigative uh, reporting. So kudos to her. And I'm glad that I, I could help giving that information. But I said to Erin, I said, I, you're kidding. That's old news. And she said, no, it's not. She said, it really isn't. She said, it's an old rumor. But uh, the fact that it's it's confirmed was uh, it was groundbreaking. And I, I, you know, I just, I had no idea. I just assumed that was a, that was a known fact. I knew it. I knew Jimmy kicked the FBI out. You imagine Jimmy Burke, the police chief. Just try to wrap your, your heads around that. Jimmy Burke, not maybe, not kind of, this is confirmed. We believe that lead agent from the FBI, when she had said to a two-time Emmy Award winner and Aaron Moriarty on 48 Hours, CBS, that Jimmy Burke, the police chief, asked the FBI to leave the investigation. Shocking. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Lisk, a retro um, perspective on on list for 2022 but we're going back even further that uh frank mckay signing off just for now we'll be back with more breaking it down right after this this is breaking it down with your host frank mckay on 1071 wlirfm hampton bays i'd like to welcome everyone back to breaking it down frank mckay here so much more importantly our retroactive look retrospective talk on Lisk, the Long Island serial killing, and what happened in 2022. We're going way back, so we're, we're covering, you know, what is it, 12, 13 years now. Still no arrest, by the way, for Lisk. Nobody, <laughs> this, this guy is, you know, Lisk, or these guys, or these people are. So, you know, welcome to segment three of I'll talk on this. So anyway, uh, as we were closing out the last segment, we 
uh, applauded Erin Moriarty for her work on 48 Hours, but uh, again, uh, also uh, we'll, we'll take a bow on this because we gave her producer information that, uh, that led to her getting the confirmation that Jimmy Burke, James Burke, the police chief that Steve Ballone appointed, God knows why he appointed him. He knew what was going on and he knew his, you know, they both know what's going on. By the way, both of those people, I mean, it would be insane for anyone to believe that those people don't know who did this. I'm not saying they did it, you know. By the way, we've never said that they did it, but they obviously know who did it. Well, they wouldn't have covered this up. I mean, why would you cover something up? Why would you cover up a serial killing? Yeah, I mean, it's, and by the way, I've been saying it for years and nobody's, nobody's disputing it. People have, as I mentioned earlier, said, Frank, what the hell are you doing? Why are you talking about this? Why are you talking about this morbid, you know what, this crap, these hookers, these, you know. We're all saying things like that. What they didn't say is there's no serial killing cover-up. Yes, there's a serial killing. But Frank, there's no cover-up. Nobody said that. Nobody's saying there's no cover-up. They just don't want to talk about it. They didn't want me to talk about it. Be amazed at how many, how many folks have reached out to me through sisters and brothers and friends and relatives and, and police officers saying to me, please stop talking about it. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Some people saying, hey, these are friends of yours. Right? You know, what, are you, what are you doing? Well, where, do, where does friendship end, by the way? Right? And by the way, they're not really friends of mine. These are people I knew through my political role. I was the chair of the Independence Party. And I met a lot of these people because of that. Right? So how do you draw a line between what's what's uh, friendship or loyal to, to somebody who's an ally. That's really a better term is ally. And covering up a serial killing. Right? A serial killing. Right? This isn't like, you know, a guy hits a tree and he's drunk in the middle of the night. Nobody gets hurt. But politician was drunk. Cops come. Say, okay, this, uh, this never happened. Uh, nobody got hurt. Tree's a little messed up. But let's get you out of here. Somebody's going to drive you away. And you know, things like that happened all the time. And I saw, I saw that happen constantly. You know, that type of thing. Including that thing, by the way, you know. I, I you know, politicians uh, having uh, different situations that, that were... And, and I'm not saying it's right. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the people that are in power have the right to do these things. But they're done. I mean, I know. I mean, I was, you know, part of that, uh, I don't know, hypocrisy or part of that. It's, it's natural to want to help somebody if you have the power to do so. But as long as they haven't hurt someone, killed somebody, right? killed somebody. 
you imagine? I would never cover up for anybody. <laughs> I, you know, I don't have a, a, a close enough relative or a best friend who's, who's killed anybody that I know of. But, you know, I, I, I'd like to think I wouldn't, I wouldn't cover it up. I mean, child killing, you know, who knows? You know? I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example of, uh, of something, right? And I've always thought of this um, as, as a marker. After O.J., and that's a crime of passion, right? He murdered Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron, Ron Goldman, uh, and he murdered, he murdered those two people. Uh, and, and by the way, obviously it's got nothing to do with Lisk. It's got nothing to do with Lisk. But here are two people that are murdered, and everybody in the world knows who murdered them, and they know that it's O.J. Simpson. Um, my, my question is, do any of you remind, remember Joan Rivers doing Larry King Live, and Larry King Live is someone uh, or, or something that if you remember uh, was so popular on CNN it was CNN's staple show and Larry King had all types of celebrities and then he had you know when the OJ thing happened that became his uh, his focus as it did everyone but if you remember one time Larry King was somewhere and and the guest host was was Joan Rivers and it was right after OJ killed right it was right after OJ Simpson killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman now I don't know if anybody out there is saying well what do you mean he was he was acquitted I, I don't know if anybody's saying that right yeah, but yeah let's let's face it right when he killed them so Joan Rivers at this point is guest hosting Larry King Live, and she has a round table of people, uh, women, it's all women, and he is doing a, uh, she is, uh, is doing a, uh, an issue on, um, or, or the, the issue of the day, which is OJ, and what the issue was, OJ hiring the dream team of lawyers. So this must have been right at the, at the, the point where F. Lee Bailey was hired, you know, Robert Kardashian, right? That's where the word Kardashian first, or the word named Kardashian first got into our, um, our, our vernacular, our, uh, our universe. Um, Barry Schneck was there, uh, Johnny Cochran, I mentioned F. Lee Bailey. I, I mean, um, there's dream team, Robert Shapiro, the dream team of lawyers that, that soon became if they weren't already world famous, they were unbelievably famous after this. And OJ used his money to hire these people to try to get off from something that most people felt he obviously did. So the roundtable discussion, the roundtable discussion was all of these women led by Joan Rivers talking about how outrageous this is that you know, OJ's going to try to get off, he's going to try to get away with murder by hiring these, uh, these top 
flight lawyers. And Joan Rivers said, and I, you know, I don't know in what order all of this happened, but Joan Rivers said, I'm a friend of OJ's. Just think about it. She said, I've been out to dinner with Nicole Brown Simpson and, and his, you know, when they were married, and OJ and my, you know, significant other, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, you know, uh, her husband at the time, whatever, but she says, I've been out to dinner with, with them. He did it. OJ did it. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm just because he's my friend. I'm not saying he didn't. And it's outrageous that he's doing all of this and they're all agreeing, you know, and you know, most people in the audience, it's hard for them to disagree. At one point, a caller, and if you remember Larry King Live, they lived by, uh, by and lived and died by the, the caller. Somebody called up, and it was Jim from, you know, Canton, Ohio, whatever, someplace. And he said, Joan, Melissa Rivers kills her boyfriend and a waitress that he had been seeing. You know she did it. Do you use your fortune, your millions, to hire F. Lee Bailey, Kardashian, Barry Schneck, John Cochran, Robert Shapiro, you know, all of these people, do you use your fortune to get her off? Joan Rivers is stunned that they asked this question and without much more of, uh, than a blink of an eye, she points at the camera and she said, yes, I spent every cent I have to try to get my daughter off. They went around the table and everybody said, all the women said, yeah, you know, I, I would and, you know, whatever. And they were all being very honest until the last one. And the last woman said, no, I, I turned my son over. And, and they said, oh, you're full of crap or whatever. But that was a poignant moment for me in the OJ trial. And, and kudos to Joan Rivers uh, hosting Larry King Live. Uh, Frank McKay here. We're talking Lisk. Uh, we went off on a little tangent on OJ, but we were talking Lisk and serial killing. Uh, Frank McKay signing off just for now. We'll be back with our final segment uh, of the day. Uh, Frank McKay here being back uh, with more breaking down, breaking it down right after this. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. In many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone back to our final segment of Breaking It Down for today. And it is a retrospective of 2022 and Lisk. I keep saying 2022 because uh, kind of that's our starting point for, uh, for uh, a look back here as we start off 2023, but really we're, we're doing uh, a retrospective of, of Lisk and, and you know, I'm gonna be doing it tomorrow, next day, maybe, uh, maybe the rest of the week because there's a lot of information there. I haven't done a Lisk series um, here you know, since uh, I've been 
with WABC and uh, on uh, 107.1 FM. And um, yeah, I, I didn't because I, I was I actually stopped doing it uh, when I was at uh, my prior station um, because I didn't want to, you know, I, I didn't want to interfere with what I thought was an active investigation for the first time ever, which it, it was an active investigation and is an active investigation. Uh, it's it, it just would be uh, uh, it, it, trust me we're not doing anything that's going to hurt I wouldn't I wouldn't do it in that case but we stopped um, we, we stopped basically soon after uh, the DA's race was uh, was decided I think we went to, uh, for the rest of the the year um, after Sydney was defeated and it was important by the way I for reasons of full disclosure I, I backed Sydney um, in what was it 2000 and 2017 um and he knew i was doing the first series and uh you know he asked me tim sinney's the former da we all got behind him uh, the political world got behind him i was a chairman uh, at the time and uh one of the powers that be right that make these guys and you know he asked me he said do you have do you have people you have uh, resumes that you want to you know you want to uh uh, suggest people you want to suggest to uh, to work with me over here, and I said no. I, I said I only want one thing from you. I want an absolute promise, an absolute promise that you're going to investigate Lisk, uh, Long Island serial killer Gilgo, and um, the Oak Beach murders. I said I did a whole long, you know, it was like a year long series. I don't know. We did 56 installments or something like that. A whole bunch of interviews and good stuff. I mean, it it was, um, you know, I thought we had we had to solve ourselves there, and 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 it was a subject that uh, that I didn't touch on, but I was getting all this information from behind, and uh, you know, talking to folks at the FBI, and 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 I thought we put together a very good, uh, a, a very good. Um, situation for them to follow along we put them in touch with the right put different people in touch with the 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 right authorities and stayed out of it and um and the the witnesses i'll say plural witnesses collapsed after uh, somebody somebody spoke to them but they uh, the original reaction from the u.s attorney's office and the fbi's uh, people well, I, I think I think they were blown away by what they originally were being told, and this was somebody I didn't put on air. Uh, these were people that I didn't put on air because I thought it was too sensitive, but instead sent right to the authorities, and I felt pretty comfortable. I sent uh, I felt very comfortable that that something was gonna that was gonna lead to something, and. Um, it didn't because they changed their story. Fortunately, they did tell the authorities the same same thing they told me, and then they came back and said that they, um, you know, they had a drug problem, they had uh, mental health problems, and that they're going to retract everything that they said that they had heard and whatever. It just, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was very discouraging because I thought we ended on. Uh, it, w that all the work that we did led to uh, up to that. So anyway, it's just, uh, you know, I think I moved on right after that from the first series 
and just figured, God, you know, you, know, you get that close, and then, um, you know, what I thought was the direction that um, that that the information was going into um, just got shot down, and there was just nothing better than that. And I think that's when I, I don't know if it was just being discouraged or, or, or whatever, but, uh, you know, the other thing is I ran out of guests. I was doing interviews for the most part. I didn't do monologues like what I'm, what I'm doing now and what I did in the, in the second series. I did a lot of monologues. And in the first one, it was all interviews. So I ran, you know, so 56 parts. You're talking, that's not 56 uh, interviews. That's, you know, that, that could be up to 100 interviews, right? If you're doing two, two a day, two, and we used to do them every Wednesday. And the shows every Wednesday, and then celebrity interviews, uh, you know, around that. Um, so when, uh, you know, when when uh, the the witnesses, uh, the people with the information, changed their their story, uh, it was, I think it was just like, wow, what are we going to do? Plus, we we didn't have, and I'm being very candid here, we just ran out of people that were willing to talk about it. So I'd have to keep going back to the same people over and over, and their theories are the same and and uh i don't know just to uh to string it out because it was popular and when i say popular i mean it's uh yeah it's just uh you know everywhere i i went you know every day somebody would say something to me about it and you know especially after the second one uh, you know the uh, the second series and you know, Long Island is, you know, it's it's not like this is Idaho where everyone's on top of each other. I mean, in Suffolk County, we have 1.3 million people, 1.3 million in Nassau, and people were just passing around the, the, the links of this. And, you know, I got a lot of people, um, you know, reaching out, uh, you know, about different information. You know, what's funny is uh, you, you might have heard a ringing in one of the segments and and twice my phone rang and one of them is some guy i haven't heard from in a long time but he is a he's a, a former cop and he's all about lisk uh, long island serial killing and um and that's all i've ever talked to him about was was that it's not peter fiorello by the way if if people know peter um he was a homicide detective and in uh, New York City worked on the Zodiac killings and the, um, the Zodiac killer case, and and many other things. But it was it wasn't him. It's this other guy. And uh, I don't know how many people have come out of the woodwork, and you know. So, and by the way, I usually pinpointed five people when I talked about specific people. I kept it very, very close. If other people and interviews and and we did a lot of interviews in the second uh in the second series but i i would do at least one monologue unless the guest was just incredible you know just uh had had real valid and valuable information um i would do uh, i would do a a monologue and you know a lot of it was uh, asking questions to the directly asking questions to the da and he was listening to everything. That's Tim Sinney. And I was, I was going after him. And I was, I was saying, can you answer this? Can you answer that? 
And you know how I know he was listening to everything? Because all of his people, not all of his people, I take that back. Me, many of his people were listening and they told me it was like a train wreck for him listening to my show that he just couldn't stop. He just couldn't stop listening. And he, um, he got very upset about it. Uh, if you mention my name to Tim Sinney, the former DA, um, his, uh, his uh, expression and his complexion, that's what people said, his expression and his complexion would change, be very angry. Uh, by the way, when, I, I think it was in the, um, in the last segment, I mentioned that uh, he said something like, hey, if you have some resumes and you want to put some people in, I said, no, I don't want anything like that. All I want is you to give an honest, real investigation, hard investigation, uh, because the victims' families deserve this, and they don't deserve for this to be covered up. And he stuck out real demonstratively. He stuck out his hand, and I shook his hand. He looked me right in the eye. He said, you got it. He said, no, it's going to get a very hard luck. We found out, I think especially now, that the first time in four years he looked at anything was somewhere around August 10th, August 10th of 2001. So the DA didn't look at the case, serial killing case, where at least 10 people are dead, including a toddler, uh, and you know maybe up to 16 or more victims or more, you know, things that we don't know about, or, uh, um, you know, victims, people that we don't know about also. So anyway, so our hearts and, and minds and prayers are with the victims' families, and uh, we're, we're, we're hoping that the, the new folks that are in power, uh, led by Ray Tierney, the DA, who's do doing an excellent job, um, that they get to the bottom of this and they get closure for for especially uh, the victims' families. Uh, Frank McKay signing off for now. I'm going to be back tomorrow talking more of this and, and maybe throughout the week. Frank McKay signing off. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.